your Bible to 2 Timothy 4. And uh, I remember preaching out of this. We had been this year's, we had been on things that are sound doctrine. And there was a message here that I wanted to preach, and I could not find the message. I had written it down years ago. I'm talking probably 2014, 2013, maybe 2015. And Christopher and I were in the office, and I happened to find it. So I thought I was done with this. I even attempted to preach along these lines, but not exactly this, about Demas. We'll talk about Demas this morning. And I titled that, Demas Hath Forsaken Me. But the main thrust of that message was about something in the present. Because he said, Demas, Demas, let me get my my pronunciations right, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. So there was something in the present that Demas thought to be more important than ministry, than God, and he forsook. We preached along that, but there was a whole other thought that I want to preach wanted to, and now God's going to allow me to, along this line about Demas, but it's what you lose when you leave the ministry. What you lose when you leave the ministry. And you say, well, then that message really don't apply to me because I'm not in ministry or I'm not a preacher. Well, uh, think about it like this. All of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, about verse 17, right in that little passage of Scripture. If you're born again, if you are saved, you have a ministry uh, that's been given to you by God, and you are to serve uh, in a ministry capacity. Let me say it like that. So nobody is exempt from the message this morning, uh, ministry of some form. But when you leave the ministry, when you decide or choose that I will not serve, and there's something in the present that's more important than following Jesus or denying myself or I'm ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and so you forsake or you desert, you're going to lose some things. And I would like to talk about the things that you lose when you leave ministry. Now, let's read some verses, and I would like to start in verse 6, because we've read this passage, this chapter, no less than three times this year on a Sunday morning. Not that we would ever get tired of it. I don't want you to think I'm losing my mind because I'm back in chapter 4 again. One of the beauties of the Word of God is that it is living. And the more you look at it, there will be other things that will open itself up to you depending on what season or time of life you're in or what you're going through. So let's get it here in verse 6. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, 
There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas, there it is, hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antichius have I sent to Ephesus. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Now let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, we thank you now. Lord, help us today as we look into the Word of God. Help us to be encouraged and to edified uh, and, and to be exhorted not to leave the ministry. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The Bible says this here in, I want to say, Titus. And uh, if it's not, uh, I promise that I wouldn't do that. Yeah, it is. It's Titus. Titus chapter 3, verse 8. And this is a command the Apostle Paul gave to Titus to then command the people that made up the church. And he says this in verse 8. He says, This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So the Bible is clear. I want to believe that it is verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 that also says that we are His workmanship created unto good works. And it is important that as children of God, as Christians, that one of the priorities in our life should be to maintain good works. And today I see this growing trend, and I've been sounding this warning out, not because I think you all are getting ready to forsake the house of God, but it is to prevent that, if that thought ever comes to your mind, but to sound the warning that many are forsaking ministry today. Many are forsaking the assembling of themselves together and deserting the house of God. They're forsaking the man of God. They're forsaking the word of God. And they're forsaking the will of God for something that is in the present. Something that has their eyes, attention. Something that they feel that is more important to do because after all, we only have one life to live, and I want to live all that life in my few years. That is a worldly mindset. But then you have another group of people that the Bible clearly identifies and says that this group of people would remain religious, but they would begin to follow false preachers and pastors and prophets who will allure them through pernicious ways. That's there in 2 Peter. And he says many would follow them because it allures them through the lust of the flesh. 
I had a conversation this week with another uh, pastor and uh, talking about the, the, the concept of church that most people's mindset about church is its entertainment. We are so entertainment driven today that if you cannot entertain people when they darken the church door, you will not hold them, you will not keep them, and of course you would never grow because you've heard it, I've heard it, church is boring. And that is the excuse that is thrown in preachers and churches and people that want to invite people to come to church. Well, I just don't like that old-fashioned church. It's so boring. It's so not right. Uh, I, there's nothing there for me. I want to feel the groove. I want to get my praise on. I want to do what I want to do. And I don't care what God thinks. They've lost the concept that when you come into the house of God, like we are here this morning, that God is the audience. God watches. We are to perform worship to please God, not ourselves. And so we see this growing trend of people deserting, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches. They're cold on God, and it even was going on in Paul's day here with Demas. What a testimony, because he had, uh, in other books, had uh, uh, said that Demas greets you because he was my fellow laborer in the Lord. Perhaps maybe Demas was a convert of the Apostle Paul like Timothy was uh, and like Titus was. I don't know that. Some commentators will say that Demas was from Thessalonica because of his name and he just wanted to go back there. I know that Thessalonica was a very wicked city. There was a lot of uh, modern day activities in that city and so it was a, uh, a great hub of entertainment and things to do. I do not believe that Thomas or Demas, <laughs> Thomas, yeah, Thomas was the doubter, but Demas, I do not believe that he went back to Thessalonica to start a home Bible church. I don't believe that he started an evangelism crusade there in Thessalonica. I believe that he forsook and deserted, and hence, there were some things he lost. Number one, the first thing that Demas lost when he left the ministry, we find in verse 10. He says, For Demas hath forsaken me, he lost a mentor. He lost a mentor in his life. Uh, the Bible, if you would, take your Bible to Ephesians. Just turn to the left. Chapter 4. And he's implying something here. He's, uh, the people, they should know this, about the importance of pastors and mentors in our life. We live in an age where nobody wants a mentor. Nobody wants pastor. Uh, and a pastor is a preacher who you allow to have input in your life. So what a pastor is. And here was the design of them in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 11. And these are some of the gifts that God had given to the church, and he says, and he gave some apostles, their time has passed off, and he gave some prophets, their time has passed off because of the completion of the Word of God, and some evangelists, we have them today, they're needful, and some pastors and teachers. 
Why were these given? For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. They was to bring disciples into maturity. That's what that word perfecting means. Not that you would be perfect, but that you would mature because the Bible commands us to become men, quit you like men, put away childish things, act like soldiers, soldiers of the cross, be an adult. My favorite phrase is get a grip. Get a grip. And what happens when you leave ministry is you lose a mentor. You lose the example of the pastor. And I believe that pastors, because the Bible says so in 1 Timothy chapter, I want to say maybe two, maybe three there, where he says the pastor is to be an example. He should be the chief example in the house of God. Uh, I've had that conversation with other folks, and I would ask them, what would you think if I was doing what you were doing? when I get on them about how they're living their lives, would you continue to listen to me or would you think there would be something wrong? And of course, I always get the answer, well, no, I would never expect you to do what we're talking about here that I'm doing in my life. And rightly so. A pastor is to be an example to the people. The Apostle Paul was a mentor and an example to Demas and Demas lost that example in his life. He also lost the blessing of fellowship. Uh, The Apostle Paul, the pastoring is a very lonely job. Very, very lonely job. Uh, And he said, well, yeah, but you're married, you got kids. It's a lonely job, trust me. (laughs) Trust me. There are some burdens that you cannot share with your children or with other folks. There are some burdens that only maybe God can help. Well, God could help you carry it, but maybe another pastor can help you with. Uh, so it is a lonely job, but it is, he lost this fellowship. And I've told you folks, and I've preached, remember years ago when I got the target out and that Christ had an inner circle, that's the bullseye, but then he had the 70, which were in that, that next ring out, but then there was the 500 on the outside. And you can be as close to Christ as you want to be. And I've also said you can be as close to the pastor as you want to be. Some people don't want to be close because they don't want that input. They don't want to be mentored. And when you leave ministry, you'll lose a mentor. Demas lost the renewing of the scriptures that happens there in Ephesians 5 26 where he says that the word of God it's the washing and the renewing and so when you forsake that I was talking a little bit about that with the teen class this morning that the very word of God when it is read it'll renew you there is something supernatural that goes on when the ears faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God when you hear it audibly read and expounded upon like we are doing this morning there's something that's supernatural that goes on Demas lost that when he lost his mentor but Demas let me get back to 2nd Timothy he lost ministry let me get back here verse 11 only Luke is with me take Mark and bring him with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Demas lost the opportunity to serve and ministry. 
when he forsook, when he left. He was not profitable no more. Uh, he wasn't good uh, for anything anymore. And he was non-proving of the will of God. Remember there in Romans chapter 12, and there was something that I uh, shared with the boys that they had a good question because we were talking about what you get saved from. And one of the things you're saved from is the wrath that's coming. And so one of the boys says, how do you know that that's the wrath of the tribulation or the wrath of God. It doesn't say that in that phrase. I said, because the Bible, it teaches us things uh, by progressive revelation. And I said, not progressive as the way you think of it, that it's liberal uh, or you're left-leaning. Progressive means as you continue on in the word of the God, God brings more things to light that expounds upon the descriptor word that you question, which was wrath. What wrath is that? Because we're saved from the wrath or the penalty of sin, which is the wrath of eternal fire and damnation, Revelations 21.8. So there's another wrath which is the wrath of God, which is poured out on this earth through the tribulation time period. And so I said, now take your Bible and progress, go to the right, to 1 Thessalonians. And we pick that phrase up again where he says, we've been delivered from the wrath to come. Chapter 1, verse 10. Then we went to chapter 5, about verse 14. And he mentions it again. And then I said, now let's progress to the right again to Revelations 14. And the Bible says that the tribulation time period is the wrath of God. It's, he puts it in a cup, the indignation of the wrath, and he pours it out. Now back up to verse chapter 2, or chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and he tells you, with the opening of the first seal... That's when God begins to pour that wrath out. I said, one of the things we've been saved from is the tribulation time period. And when people don't believe in the premillennial return of Christ or a pre-trib return of Christ, they don't fully understand what's going on or what they've been saved from. It wasn't just fire insurance. There's about six things there. Remember that, boys? It was saved from the penalty of sin, saved from the power of sin, saved from the pool of Satan, saved from the, the power of worldliness or the allurement of worldliness, and we are saved from the wrath to come. That's all part of your salvation package, Romans chapter 5. And so... Demas lost ministry, the opportunity to be a leader in the church. And we need leaders today. Leaders is not somebody that has no fear or always makes the right decision, but is willing to take a stand in the face of fear and says, you know what, I'm just going to follow God and I'm going to keep moving forward. So he lost that opportunity, uh, lost the opportunity to be an example to others. It's important that we live our lives in such a way that they are an example of how others ought to live. That's why I told you uh, many times that the growing trend today is to shut church down on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And I, as an example, and as a pastor, I have decided not to do that, even if I myself am here alone, because I'm going to maintain that example of ministry before God's people. 
It'll be a testimony. It'll be a witness. And God will use it and bless it. But Demas lost the opportunity to serve in mission. Verse 13, he says, The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Now we could really break this down. Uh, there are preachers today, and you know me, I'm a little hard on preachers, and uh, I, I'm not going out of my way to be, but some preachers have this mindset that they never read books. They always just, they themselves, read the Bible and, and, and rely on Holy Spirit inspiration. They would never read any book. And I got news for you. You're going to be a very shallow, very shallow, milk-driven person. Books are important. The Apostle Paul had books. and He was worried about those books. He says, you bring them, and especially the parchments. Now, that could be what they were written on, but I tend to... This is Todd Gabbard theology. That was those message ideals that God had given him. The parchments. The things I've written on might not be. That's okay. You can think they could just be other kind of books that were in parchments. It doesn't matter. What What does matter is there were some books there and some parchments there that he wanted because he needed them. They are nice. I like books. And see, Demas... Because he forsook, he was not able to fulfill this mission. He wasn't there. He lost his opportunity to serve another. I think it's, uh, well, it's 1 Peter 4.10 says, As every man hath received the gift, when you got saved, God gave you a gift of ministry. To help minister to other. And he says, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I believe here it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says in verse 11. Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. That's one of our missions, to edify each other. I guarantee you if we went around this room this morning, somebody in here might not have had a great week. Maybe things just didn't work out the way you thought they should, and you need to be ministered to. Maybe just the simple uh, fact of being able to see someone else's smiling face, and you think to yourself, if they can do it, I can do it you lose that opportunity to be that comfort to your brothers and sisters in Christ when you leave the ministry. And you're not able, and you miss the opportunity of mission. I believe it's because he got entangled with uh, the affairs of this world because in that same book, in chapter 2, he tells Timothy, and maybe Demas was on the Apostle Paul's mind when he was writing the book, of 2 Timothy because he keeps bringing up the word endure. Endure hardness as a good soldier there in chapter three, uh, verse 3 of chapter 2. And then he says, No man in verse 4, No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Then in verse 10 he says, Therefore I endure all things. 
And then he says uh, to endure sound doctrine and to endure afflictions. And here Paul is getting ready. This is the last thing he writes before he lost his head. And he says there in verse 6, For I'm now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Demas could not say that because he left ministry for something in the present. You know, it might not even have been sin that allured him. There was something in the present that was more important. It doesn't indicate that it was something evil or bad. It just said there was something in the present. I wonder this morning, what's in your present life going on right now in the present that would cause you to leave ministry? Might not be a bad thing. You know, I was going through my memory banks as I was putting this message together. I remember years ago, because I'm going back 30 years now, 20, 25 years anyway. I remember a family that I was kind of close to. He's in the same home church. And I, I remember him coming in and he, he, as we, I was sitting in the pew, he was sitting in the right-hand side of the church and he, he wanted to give a testimony. And he gave this testimony. He says, guys, I, I want you to know that God has, has uh, uh, blessed me abundantly and he's given me this new job. And I had a I got warning flags. You can't see them, but they're like ears on a dog. You know, they kind of go up and they're like, and my little warning flag went up. And I'm like, where's he going with this? And he says, God's given me this job. It's my dream job. It was some type of a, it was a government job at the post office and maintenance, which was right up his alley. A good paying job with great benefits. And he says, but here's the downside. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting. I'm not going to be able to come to church anymore because I'll be working. But God's been so good and He's blessed me. And I, I remember then thinking as I sat there listening to it, God didn't do that. God's not going to give you something in the present that would override your priority for Him. Now, sometimes we're providentially hindered and we do have to work uh, on, on a church day. Got that. Get that understand that but this man was declaring that god had given him a job and he would no longer be to church and i remember marking that and my old grandpa had a phrase which my dad says which he says well we don't know but let's hide and watch and i have hid and watched these last 25 years and i promise you that didn't end well for that individual. There was something that come up in his present that he thought God gave, never even thought that the devil will pay you to leave ministry. The devil will bless you to leave ministry. I don't know if you've ever thought that or knew that, but he will. He will. And so you got to be able to discern the spirit behind the so-called blessing. Is it really of God? Or is this the devil trying to get me out of the will of God? The mission. There was something in the present. But last of all, 
Verse 8. Paul says this, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love is appearing. He lost his merit. I had everything in M's. Rare occasion. I wrote it down like that years ago. Now I added that last point this week. Merit, because I seen it in the text. When you leave the ministry, you'll lose your merit. You see, Demas is not going to get this crown of life at the judgment seat of Christ. He won't get that reward. The apostle Paul did, and he tells you how he got it. He has fought a good fight. He finished the course that God gave him to do, and he kept the faith. That's how he got it. And he says, you could get it too by loving is appearing. Which paints the picture that if you leave ministry for something in the present, you're not loving the appearing of God. That ties in with Titus chapter 2 where he deals with the doctrine of the imminent return of Christ. Demas wasn't concerned about that no more. And he lost the merit. He did not finish his course. He did not receive the crown of life. He was not faithful to the end. And he was not in love and looking for the appearing of Christ. I believe this in closing that the Christian life can be summed up in three words. You should be commencing, continuing, and conquering. And unless the first is followed by the second, something precious is lost. What I'm saying is a lot of people commence and they commit to Christ. But then you've got to get in and immediately begin to get into the continuing. And they don't engage into that second phase, the continuing which then never leaves them to the conquering. They become castaways. They become prisoners of war. As he said here in verse 25 of chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, he says, As a pastor, in meekness you instruct those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Say, oh, he's talking, about, he's talking about lost people getting saved. Read the next verse. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Lost people are not snared by the devil. He already has them. The context of this book and this chapter was Christians, vessels of honors and vessels of dishonors. And Demas ended up a prisoner of war because he chose... To leave the ministry. And he was taken captive willingly by the devil because he would not continue. And so, my question this morning is Are you continuing? Are you continuing? What is in your present? What's going on in your present? That's keeping you from serving 
Now, of course, this comes on the heel of last week's message on finding your Macedonia. And I asked the question in that message, what's stopping you from finding your Macedonia? You see, what's in the presence, not necessarily evil, that gets us. But there'll be something in the present. I, I believe a lot of the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns of stuff. Ten years ago, we never thought about things like that that would cause people to forsake the assembling of themselves together. All in the name of safety. What's in the present, your present, that's going to cause you to leave ministry? Let's stand this morning.